0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Sports today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow.
1: Hey, welcome back in for the second hour of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. Coach Mike pushing all the buttons over here. Most of the time.
2: At least when I hit the right ones.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, guest co-host in studio, Joe Fisher with us. And um, I guess we didn't make him too mad in the first hour because he's back for hour two.
3: Well, you hit my car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so once you realize well, you couldn't, around, leave, I couldn't
3: well, leave. I figured well, I'll stick well, around for another hour. Yeah, yeah. Y- hey, y- y'all didn't realize we had ballet. Well, I didn't out. realize <laughs> it. That's what I was hoping it was. It? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> our, pl- our plan worked, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it.
3: yeah. um,
1: so we are all. Even with Chris out of the out of the studio and doing whatever he's doing in North Myrtle Beach, um, what he was doing last night was texting me during the Braves game. Mm -hmm.
2: What you call
1: that? Well, it was a game. Yeah, it was a game. It it counts in the standings. It was a game. Yeah, it, it, it was. There was there were varying degrees of frustration throughout. Yeah. Um, in an eventual six five. Ten inning loss. The Braves are now zero three in extra innings. Not digging this international tiebreaker that they've adapted. I don't from, like it either. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah I, 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 actually, I think they're going to it too early. If you, you know, I, I see a compromise where you maybe you go two, maybe three innings conventionally, and then if you haven't decided it by the twelfth inning or so, then yeah, because. Because you do blow out, well, it's kind of like, after a while, but. kind of
3: like football going into overtime, and then it's after the second overtime, then you got to yeah, go, gotta for, go two. for two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or something, or something, that. something yeah, like some, that. You some yeah. kind of
2: because I can I see. Just,
3: I just flash back to the the memory. This is showing your age, but remember the Braves game on the July fourth mm. <laughs> that went what 21, 20 something innings. I mean, it, yeah. and it was like five o'clock in the morning by the time yeah. it ended. And you got and you got you got the fireworks thinking. as the sun was coming up. You know, yeah. but and, it was but it was like. In well, your memory memory, that it is. was a memory, oh, and
1: and, and I, I remember distinctly because I had been out shooting fireworks. I had watched the first of that game, been out shooting fireworks with some friends, came back in about 12.30, flipped on the TV, game's on. Yeah,
3: plenty, and plenty Still of on. game left. Plenty, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. So, um, you know, again, 6-5 loss last night to Miami in 10. No fault of Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, nope. Um, that kid's doing everything batting right four, now.
3: Four forty-seven <laughs> batting average, six home runs.
1: What eleven, 12 RBIs, twelve RBI's in in twelve games? Yeah, an RBI game is not bad. That,
3: that, that's a good number by the time you get done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Over one hundred and sixty-two games. <laughs> that'll get you. That'll get you a bonus. Yeah.
1: Um, Brian Snitker pointed out on Twitter that um you know somebody else has got to do something because he's not going to get a hit every time up and um it it's just tough um i am trying not to push the panic button but my biggest concern as i discussed yesterday with um with George Plaster on these same airwaves is we got to figure out what's up with Max Freed well it turns out that Max Freed injured his hamstring in the Tuesday night win. So he and Christian Pache are both on the injured list, not to be confused with the disabled list. Mm-hmm. They changed that terminology a little bit ago. um, Kind of messing with us old school guys. <laughs> but anyway, th- those guys are both down for the next week or so. Um, They brought up a couple of pitchers, I believe, um, Guillermo Hernandez and – Tucker Davidson to which my response is who.
3: <laughs>
1: Hopefully we won't need to see either of those guys, but um gonna be gonna be interesting. Um left-hander Tucker Davidson will provide bullpen depth while filling Reed's spot over the next few days. Um doesn't mention Oh, there we go. Guillermo Heredia. Okay was promoted to account for the absence of Pache. Um, Heredia was the only outfielder on the 40-man roster, so he kind of um, got lucky there. But again, the hope is that we won't see a whole lot of either of those guys and, and that we can get through this stretch and, and get those guys healthy and, in Freed's case, performing. Um Braves take on Miami. In the final game of this series, um, you can hear it on our sister station WKRM one hundred three point seven. First pitch is at eleven twenty, and that's when we'll be picking up the broadcast. Um, the Marlins five and six with that six five win. Uh, Atlanta falls to four and eight, and under
2: the definition of streaky, if I remember right, weren't they zero oh and four, four and four now? Four and eight. That sounds. Right. I, they,
1: I were they four and four?
2: I think. So. Yeah, they. They. I know they got at least a four and four. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, they were talking right. about getting into the win side, getting into the plus column and stuff like that, and then they had this four. Yeah. You know, four game. And and.
1: Pickup. You know, he, as Miami has improved, they were a postseason team last year, but I don't think any of us really expected things to go the way they have to this point against them, and. Adam Duvall really taken some frustration out on the Braves. I, I think he really wanted to be here. <laughs> and I think he's trying to show them that he should have been here. Um, he's had a heck of a series. Yeah, he has. He's a great story. Um, I think he's a type 2 diabetic.
3: I believe that's correct, yep.
1: And, you know, when the Braves got him from Cincinnati – he had been an all-star in Cincinnati, had fallen on some rough times, joined the Braves, had a really great nineteen. Twenty wasn't so great, but you had seen what he was capable of, and, and if you hadn't, then you have over this last three days. Yeah. It the he's been doing it with the bat, but that throw that he made on Freddie Freeman's should have been a single. Yep. <laughs> last night, and and as I said on the broadcast, that might have been a situation where having played right field in Truist Park really worked in his favor. Yeah. Because he, knew, he, he knew played, where that bounce he played was go. that kick, and and it wasn't even close on yeah. Freeman, yeah. and and that was a a big play because I think we scored after that.
3: I believe so. Freddie hit the ball on the button a couple of times mm-hmm. last night and got nothing and for got it. nothing to show for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. And and as I tweeted last night after Charlie Morton's ill-fated sacrifice bunt attempt that turned uh, into a double play, saw because Arte yeah, yeah. was running.
2: I said, "Why no. was he running? Was it? At, we maybe. have a play, you know, in high school or middle school. We used to have a play we called a it bunt and run. run. Yeah, but in that situation,
1: well, you know, <laughs> at, again, as I said on Twitter, no more sacrifice bunts in front of Ronnie Acuna. Yes, I mean, if you're on base, yeah. you're in scoring position. Yeah, so. Just just tell Charlie to stand up there, you know, a lot of times you sack blunt the pitcher to keep from hitting into a double play yeah. and he bunts into a double play. Oh, yeah. So just stand there, don't swing the bat. Yeah. If you walk, that's fantastic. Well, that's, if I'm you more, strike I'm out, more that's fine. why yeah. why he was run. He was run? Well, maybe it was a bunt run. Again. Yeah. Maybe. Well,
2: in that situation, it's not exactly the best call. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that especially str- strategic, in, w- strategic yeah. wise, it's just well, you don't gain that much from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, you know, maybe works, you get 90 great, feet. You, you got to, you can get the same thing accomplished with just a simple sacrifice,
1: or you plus, can, or plus you can get the, the, the same up. thing accomplished with Acuna on deck by just staying put and letting him yeah. hit a two-run homer instead of a solo. Yeah, if you yeah. start
3: walking in front of Acuna, you're just letting them say, "Well, just put him yeah. over there. We'll pitch to the next. Even if it's Freeman, we'll you know we'll take yeah. our chances with him. The way things are going, right I think now, Snitker's going to have to make some decisions. Mm-hmm. I know he's looking for a lineup. I know Freeman's moved around a little bit in the lineup. They've got him batting second. He he batted second last night. Mm -hmm. Doesn't strike me as a prototype two-hole hitter, but I know part of it is if you don't put somebody behind Acuna, they're going to pitch totally around Around Acuna. Uh, Somebody else, whether it's Enciarte or Dansby or Albies or somebody – just well, got to step up and become yeah, a threat.
1: Yeah, and they had uh, Albies there at the start of the season, but from the time I started seeing the lineup in the preseason and seeing Acuna Albies and Swanson at six, I've always felt like you flip flop Dansby and Ozzy right there. You put Dansby in the two hole, you put Ozzy in the six hole. I like as run, uh, Ozzie as a run uh Ozzy as a run producer
4: mm-hmm.
1: better than I do as a table setter or or to move Acuna around. Um but I think I think that solves a lot personally but the next major league baseball lineup card I make out will be my first oh, we'll and they're not yeah. asking me for, for any that. suggestions so <laughs> um but yeah you know you you do have to give Acuña some protection right there and Snitker has said we're we're not moving Acuña down in the lineup we've done that before we see how it worked mm-hmm. and he's so dynamic at the top mm-hmm. so he's there you got to figure out some things behind him I think Freeman worked in a two-spot last year because you had the DH. I'm not sure with the mm-hmm. pitcher that it works quite as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm really waiting to see Acuna, Swanson, Freeman at the top.
3: I'd like to see that too. I think that would be a good experiment.
1: Yeah. Um, if anybody has Brian Snitker's ear and could pass along that Mo and Joe and Columbia would really like to see Swanson in the two-spot. Yeah. I'm sure they'll get right back to us. We'd appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get I do like
3: us. the uniforms though. Oh man, it's a flashback yeah. yeah. in it, it. I it, I love those. Yeah,
2: that the, uh, actually, when I first started coaching, I my first set of uniforms. I told them I went in and said, "Okay, minus the feather." I said I don't particularly want the feather for my high school team, because right. we were at the time we were the Crusaders, so that wouldn't fit. That yeah. wouldn't fit too well. But, it's, <laughs> but I, you know, I said I want that design. I want that jersey design. Yeah, I, I like that jersey design. So, yep.
1: um, Joe, yesterday we got to talk in 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 relation to the throwback unis um george was with us by phone george mm-hmm. blaster and he mentioned that he got in trouble in class at bga because he had snuck a transistor radio with an earpiece yep. in and heard hank aaron 714 which was right. in a day game in cincinnati, right. in cincinnati against, yep. against jack, jack billingham. billingham yep yep um I was more fortunate because my fourth grade teacher brought a, brought a TV in and let us watch it. We actually watched 713 back in the fall and we watched 714 nice. that spring. Where were you for 714?
3: 714, um was in school. Didn't get to see it. I didn't have anybody that. Didn't that, get to see it and didn't, didn't get that, to hear it. No, um, remember, at least you didn't
1: get in trouble, no, though. No,
3: I didn't get in trouble, but I remember 715, yeah, but uh, I don't, you know, 714. I don't don't recall. I do remember the discussion that was going mm. on about not playing on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, wait to make sure he hits it in Atlanta. And and, and, and Bowie
1: and Bowie Kuhn saying, "No, you're you going to play." Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, it, it, it worked out. It did work out. And and I think the fact that Hank Aaron was able to hit that record record breaking home run in front of his fans, I, I just think was really fitting. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I do remember that that discussion, mm-hmm. as you put it, interesting times, interesting stuff. Um, again, Miami and Atlanta, the final game of their four game set. You can hear it on our sister station, WKRM one hundred three point seven FM, starting at eleven twenty here. So, um, hopefully, the Braves can can salvage this one and and get some things going in the right direction. Well, just here.
3: look at look at look at the averages. Um, Acuña 447. <laughs> Fre- Freeman 205. Ozuna 178. Darnold uh, 231. Albies 159. Swanson 156. a 214. I mean nobody on the team other than Acuña is hitting. Yeah. And and the thing and is And that's got to change. Yeah, Chris and I were talking um
1: earlier this week before he left for North Myrtle Beach. Um, I'm a little grudgeful, if you can't tell. Does
3: that mean he can't go into Myrtle Myrtle Beach proper? I I mean, is is there a wall or something? There is not a wall. Trust me, I've been there. No.
1: um, (laughs) He was saying that um, the Braves' average velocity on hits and their batting average on – they they were leading the league in average velocity, hmm. and they were, like, last in batting average on batted balls in play, that B-A-B-I-P. Mm-hmm. That's that analytical stuff that I don't really well, get into. At, yeah, yeah. But the point of it all was that they're hitting balls hard, and that's they're hitting them right like at folks. Yep. And that's, what, and well, that's what Freeman did last night. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. eventually that stuff is going to um turn. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, thought, if you keep
1: hitting the ball hard, eventually some things, some good things are going to happen right. for you.
2: Yeah, I thought on the post game <laughs> interview for for having lost four games in a row, their manager was to me was, you know, surprisingly upbeat about mm-hmm. what was going on. Now, again, you don't want to come on radio and just blast your team out and stuff like that, well, but he, you know, he said, "Yeah, we got to play better." There's no question about that. But he says it's going to start falling. You know, mm-hmm. We're we're not playing badly. Mm-hmm. We're just not playing great. Yeah, and.
1: And, and the fact that you watch the post game" puts you a step ahead of me because typically oh, when I didn't they,
3: watch it well, oh, you listen to, <laughs> it, yeah, I listen
1: to it: Typically when they lose, as soon as the last out is recorded, I'm on the remote control <laughs> doing something else because I'm, I'm disgusted. Um,
2: well, there, there's a purpose behind why I'm doing that. I so. understand <laughs> I
1: understand.: um, Meanwhile, Chris texts in there is a gate on the city limits now. I'm on a poster. <laughs> so, um, you know, lay, lay low, Chris, and keep a bail bondsman on your speed, speed dial. dial. You yep. Go. Yep. Um, before we wind up this segment, want to give you this day in Braves history. And I usually say this day in Atlanta Braves history, but um, that's not applicable Sounds here. Sounds like
3: Milwaukee's coming up. It,
1: Nope. No. <laughs> April fifteenth, nineteen 1947. Oh, even more. Okay. Jackie Robinson debuts for the Dodgers, becoming the first black player to participate in a major league game this century. In front of 25,623 Ebbets Field fans, the 28-year-old first baseman is hitless in three at-bats, but scores a run in the 5-3 opening day victory over the Boston
3: There Bears. you go. There you go. Went back even deeper. Wow. It went
1: way deep. Yeah. Um. You know, obviously – April 15th has long been a a, great day. a highly celebrated date in Major League Baseball history, and with good reason. I'm not sure if everybody will be wearing number 42 again today, as has been the tradition for the past number of years. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I missed the fact that Jackie Robinson made his debut against the Boston Braves. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the first I realized that, so... Hashtag TIL, today I learned. There you go. And, you know, just goes to show. Listen to Southern Middle Tennessee sports today, you might learn something. Absolutely. We're going to try to school you on some other stuff here over the last two segments. In our final segment of the day, we're going to have Chris Lee from VandySports.com joining us to talk about some things West End. Not all things West End, because it'll be a short segment. But um, we're going to get him on and... In the next segment, when we come back from this break, going to talk about, as I said, a, a development within the Tennessee State football coaching staff that appears to be coming about under Eddie George. So, um, stay with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
0: It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris.
1: Hey, welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I'm Maurice Patton. Chris Yao is (laughs) in South Carolina. Myrtle Beach, North Myrtle Beach. He's wherever he wants to be because he's Chris Yao. He can do that. Um, Coach Mike on the controls. We are joined in the guest host seat by... Joe Fisher, um, really glad to have you on. And J.P. Plant, by the way, who works here at the station. Um, we're not sure what he does, but
2: at any rate. <laughs> Among other things, tries to keep me on the straight and narrow. So, Well,
1: yeah. Uh, well, <laughs>
2: Full-time job there. But well, that's and, right. And that explains a lot. He teaches me an awful lot. <laughs>
1: that explains a lot since he's been out for the last few days. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah it does. He... Um, He texted me earlier and said, and I won't read you this in its entirety. He said, it feels good to hear Joe's voice. He said, as a Vandy fan and Joe Fisher fan, please tell him hello and thank you.
3: Thank you, JP. Appreciate
1: that. And I hope we can find some way to work with him moving forward, as do I. So um, maybe we'll just keep his car hidden (laughs) and just keep him here. So his his wife may not like it. I got
3: though. nothing else to do right now. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> hey, um sadly, but okay. Joe, well, I understand.
1: Sorry. Joe, I'm I'm sure you as have we have been fascinated by the events of the last few days over on Jefferson Street mm-hmm. in Nashville and and on John A. Merritt Boulevard as Eddie George Became the new head coach of the Tennessee State football team. A mm-hmm. um, little more news. It started to, I guess we started to see some movement on one of Eddie's assistant positions. As the word is, I don't think it's been officially announced, but um, Hugh Jackson is set to become offensive coordinator under Eddie George at Tennessee State. As he starts to put his staff together, what what are your thoughts about the head coaching hire and some of the names that we're going to hear? Yeah.
3: after this, it's interesting, isn't it? I you know it it I I flashed back when when all of this started and and you know word got out even before Rod's final game, you know, and, which, which which is never a good. Look and and you kind of I've been through that before, mm-hmm. so I I, I understand uh, that that makes it a very uncomfortable situation, especially for, a lot for of an people. alumnus. Yeah, that, that's tough, and yeah. uh, and so I, I was sorry to see that materialize the mm-hmm. way it did. That being said, you know Eddie being hired, um, you know we saw it with Jackson State with Deion Sanders and bringing somebody in that hasn't ever done it before, but has the name and has the contacts and probably and I think Eddie's demonstrating it has the character and the wherewithal to go hire somebody that will run the offense, that knows what they're doing. Eddie can be the head coach, certainly have input, but bring in a, you know, I, I like guys that want to surround themselves with people that may be better than they are at, mm-hmm. at, at certain aspects of it. I think that's the mark of a successful, you know, person. And so this, I, I think it's fascinating to see what can happen here, and 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 trying to make a move and get some name, and you know get back to the swagger of those TSU teams from from not so long ago, and uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out.
1: Absolutely, and I think you know to be fair, there are those that would say that this kind of mirrors the um, the composition of John Merritt coaching oh, staffs, gosh, and Joe you know, and, Joe oh, Gillum yeah. and oh, yeah. Cat Coleman. Oh, oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and that's not to say that he didn't know anything, but he surrounded himself with people who
3: did, oh, and certainly they, and, did. Yeah. When it got to the heyday and I was fortunate and you were to, to cover big John and, and, and spent a lot of time with them, uh, in those days. And, you know, John very, very much became the CEO you know, and as you said, Coach Gillum over here running the offense, running everything. Mm-hmm. Coach Coleman over here running the defense, running everything. Coach Merritt standing back here, observing everything
1: with a cigar in and his with mouth a cigar mostly. most of the time.
3: <laughs> and uh, but 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 again, he he did the same thing. He got him there. I mean there's no doubt about that. He knew what he was doing. Coach the coaches but he but he surrounded himself with those people and let them do their thing.
1: And there's something to be said for that.
3: Oh, absolutely, you know.
1: As as I um, I've got a friend who is probably listening. Um, we talk about people not knowing what they don't know. Uh, yep. And conversely, you know, when you've got people that do know what they don't know, and and they kind of address that with other folks, everybody's going to be better off for it.
3: Absolutely. So,
1: um, it's Wiki, It's Wikipedia official. Um. Hugh, Hugh Jackson is an American football coach and the current offensive coordinator for the Tennessee State Tigers. Well, there you so, go. So there you go. There we you go. Know, if it's on the internet, it by, must, it be, must true. be true. Yeah. It right. true. So, um, by the most reliable now. source you can yeah, find. I feel <laughs> way better now. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I mean, I've not heard anything. I've not seen any, any white smoke out of Tennessee <laughs> State either. or anything <laughs> Tennessee State. But um, all indications are that Hugh Jackson is going to be the offensive coordinator and it's going to be interesting. I mean, this will be the first time he's been on a college campus in about 20 years. And to me that continues to be the sticking point for a lot of this. Um you you you've played football. You've coached football in the NFL. I feel like and it's different. Not better, not worse, just different. Right. When you are working with you know, 17- to 22-year-olds that you have to go recruit, by the way, you know, who also have academic obligations. You know, it's not football
3: 24-7 for these guys, yeah. or theoretically, anyway. So, But we're seeing it not only in football, but, I mean, let's go back a couple of years. Jerry Stackhouse was hired at Vanderbilt, had played in the NBA, a great successful career, had coached in the G League, mm-hmm. had been an assistant in the NBA, had never coached in college. And the first question by asking is, oh, well, can he recruit? Can you? Well, I believe you're seeing <laughs> you know, this past week. He can. Indiana did the same thing. Yeah. You know, this, this, this past week or two weeks ago, mm-hmm. it's becoming for some reason there, there seems to be a trend now to try to find the fit, whatever the fit is, as opposed to going down the list and saying, Okay. Has he coached at this level? Has He coached here. Has he been a coordinator? Has he been? And that's not happening as much anymore. You know, one of the things
2: uh, that I've noticed, though, it's it's what's the splash I can make now? Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, and that's where the, you know Eddie George coming in. What you know that name recognition and that that understanding where it building the program it used to be. You know, the coaches want to come in for the, you know, and you wanted to hire them for the long term. Why I build a program and you know, it's a program, not a team. It's a program. And you build and you build. I don't think there's as much infamous in. Let's try that again. Emphasis <laughs> on building a program as how fast can we get to the oh, top, yeah. and what can we do to stay there? Or, or yeah, we're going to make our run. We'll we'll flash you to the top, and then we'll we'll we know we're going to drop off a little bit, but we're going to climb right back up here in a little bit. Um, you know, and something to be said. University of Kentucky has done a pretty good job of that. You know he's he's comes in recruiting these kids going hey I'll have you in the NBA within two years,
1: well most of did, them are one did, year this year notwithstanding <laughs> yeah, well uh, but,
2: okay I said but he again yeah, he yeah. accepts he accepts that one year okay but, you, but there's every so often I'm going to have yeah. that one
3: year then you get into that whole discussion and I've I've talked to some people in like Kentucky about this because you wonder at what point I mean you, you hit it right in the head the guys that are going there to play. In that situation, are going there for one reason. They're not going there because it's Kentucky. No, nope. they're going there because Cal's going to get them to the NBA the next level as yeah. quick as they can. You wondered at what point do Kentucky does Big Blue Nation say, you know what? I, I those I'd rather guys that wanted to play for us rather than just use this as a stepping stone. I don't wonder next. at their, what their point.
1: I think they're there. And
3: I, I, <laughs> well, and I, I they're too. okay.
2: They're okay as long as he keeps staying in the Elite Eight and the Final Four and, and stuff like that. Happen. That didn't happen this year. And they're and not if, okay. And, and if, Yeah, right. If it happens two years in a row, yeah, you're right. The, 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 the naysayers are going to be out there. Now, he gets them back up there in the Elite eight final four next year yeah. then hey you know hey it was a hiccup year it
1: was a covid year yeah. you know it it's, was it's and interesting. Go on.
3: it's interesting to think of all the records that will not long enough to do it yep
1: you know chris and i have had this discussion about you almost as a basketball coach have to make a decision are we going to be a one and done program or are we going to be a program that recruits kids, keeps them three or four years, and you know, so or you can go through the or are process. You, are you
3: Kentucky or are you Gonzaga?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, and they both work, and and they do both work when you get the right. They kids. can both work. Yes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and and what I think what prompted our conversation was looking at Tennessee with Jaden Springer and mm-hmm. Keon Johnson both coming out after the one year, you know. Do you bring those kids into your program knowing that in all likelihood they're going to be there one year and then they're going to be gone? Or do you try to maximize that one year? And like you said, they, they both work typically. Yeah, but well, also They can both work.
2: You also have it from the kids' perspective. You know, if I'm going to go commit four years to this, is that coach going to hang around?
3: That's another side of it.
2: You know, there, there's the other thing. with The the players are kind of reacting to the coaches. We call it the coach's carousel. Well, you know. Coach, especially at a let's say a mid-major or a small college, all of a sudden he starts becoming successful mm-hmm. because he's recruiting the right kids. Well, what happens to that coach? He moves up the ladder too, and these kids that committed to him, you know, yeah, they, Hey, they, hey, what about me? Yeah. Oh, you you said you know you you committed to me or I committed to you. What about what about you to me? They, and all of a sudden, and so now you're starting to see. Okay, what can I get? Now. well what because you have what this you is have what now, I can
3: guarantee what you have now with the transfer portal right mm. is free agency yeah so it's what it is it's like and look look at how many kids me players mm. are entering the transfer portal it's not just somebody who's finished their senior year of eligibility and wants to play one year somewhere else now it is they've they brought in a guy they've recruited over me I'm not going to play I don't like this offense i mean it's i got a girl lives over there. I mean there, I mean there's now you don't have to have a reason. Just put yourself in the portal and see if somebody comes to get
1: you. Right. And I we've talked about this and I think right now with with everything that's going on that's pandemic related and how that's impacting rosters and that kind of thing, folks got to be really careful about that transfer portal because what you think is out there for you may not be. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, Case in point, I just saw on Twitter late last night or this morning, I can't remember which, Quez Glover should have asked Jesse Smithy about this. Quez Glover from Knoxville-Fulton had been at Florida, went into the transfer portal. He's now at Samford. I'm not sure because he got a pretty good bunch of playing time down at Florida. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine when he went into the transfer portal that Samford was where he intended to wind up. Yeah. So. And, you know, not casting any stones or aspersions or anything, just kind of a, a cautionary tale. Be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah.
3: A lot of that, too, is now players that have gotten much more smart, like looking at the NFL draft, looking at if you're thinking about coming out. You certainly are capable of coming out. Mm-hmm. One of the most important things for you to do is look at your position and see how many people in your position are coming out that you're going to be. If it's a if you're a wide receiver and it's this year's wide receiver draft, you probably don't want to go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you you yeah. have to you have to read the tea leaves and all that. Too.
1: Absolutely. You know. Again, Mac McClung is in the transfer portal and has declared for the NBA draft. So I guess he has not retained an agent, which would allow him to maintain his um, eligibility right. at the collegiate Scotty level. Scottie Pippen. You know, has Same declared thing. for
3: the draft, but has not retained an agent. Yeah,
1: so I don't think he's coming back. Uh, do you? Uh, probably not. <laughs>
3: um, but he's doing it the right way. I mm-hmm. like his. I like he's leaving his options open instead of saying, "No, I'm definitely out of here, regardless of what happens." Yeah, I think another year would really benefit him. But again, not, they I'm, didn't ask it, me. It might, but the numbers he put together this year and the way he played. Especially down the stretch. Yeah, sometimes you don't know if you can back that up again. Mm. You know, it might be a good time to go.
1: Strike while the iron is hot. Yep.
3: There we go.
1: Hey, um, we've made it through another segment. Yay us.
2: It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> and they said it would never happen. No, a lot smoother than yesterday at times, too.
1: Hey, um, when we come back here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we are going to be joined by Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Talk a little bit about some Vanderbilt women's basketball, a little maybe a little spring practice, and and a little bit about an upcoming three game baseball series with that school to the east, as somebody on that campus used to say. <laughs> um, so, come back with us after this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint.
0: Hey, folks. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris.
1: We got to get a new recording of JP on that intro because um, here's Mo and not Chris. I'm Maurice Patton. Thanks for um, staying with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. <laughs> Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Turns sound like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's not a good thing. That's not good. <laughs> Coach Mike over here on the controls. Um, we're joined in studio by guest co-host Joe Fisher. It's been a great morning. it been
3: great to be here, man. Yeah. Enjoyed and, it. I appreciate the invitation.
1: Yeah. And now on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, it is Hawkins Field Press Box Reunion portion of the show. There you go. As we are joined by Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Chris, good morning.
4: Good morning to you. And I, I got to give a shout out to your co-host. You know, I have, I have gone back and watched and listened to so many calls of the 2019 season, which is remains the best sports season of any team I've ever covered. And Joe really became a, a fabric of that program. And, and just going back and watching some of the things I saw with his voice attached to it. Joe, you were so good at your job. Um, sometimes you get chills listening to certain people, whether that's Ben Scully or whoever. And, and, uh, I, I would put you in that category for the job you did with college baseball. Wow. And I know I speak for a very large portion, uh, of folks who, who watch Vanderbilt, uh, who would probably say the same thing.
3: Well, Chris, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. That was a very special run. Uh, you were there for it, um, it was one of those things I think most of us, as it went on, finally began to realize, as that season went, this could be – we may be seeing something we've never seen before. I mean, this could be – and I remember when it ended and we won in Omaha. I remember saying, I think I said, we may not have just seen the best Vanderbilt baseball team ever. We may have seen the best college baseball team ever. And that's something that's hard to put – to quantify, but they would have to be in the discussion in that conversation.
1: Well, I'm just going to tell you, the list of baseball teams that have won the Southeastern Conference regular season championship and tournament championship is a short one. Not
3: long, yep. Mm -hmm.
1: And the 2019 Vanderbilt Commodores are on it. So, you know, I don't know who it was that said if, if they're not the best it doesn't take long to call the roll. No, that's
4: right. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, the, the, the only box that team didn't check that it could have was the number one overall seed heading in the tournament. They were the two behind UCLA. I thought at the time that Vanderbilt deserved the one. But uh, you know uh, what, but, Chris? But, I, yeah, I wasn't terribly. crazy, isn't it? I wasn't yeah. terribly
1: upset that they weren't the number one overall because I remember what happened the last time they were.
4: Yeah. Well, and that happens to everybody, right? I, I, I think the what has been something like one overall one seed has won it in the last 15 years. I don't know what the stat is, but I'm not superstitious. I don't get into those things, but a lot of people see that as a target on, on your back. And and maybe Vanderbilt would have preferred that that was UCLA rather than them.
1: You know, as long as we are in the baseball realm, there is a, little series that begins at six o'clock central. <laughs> it's not <little>. over <laughs> over in Knoxville as the Commodores visit Tennessee. And there is probably more juice around this series than there has been in a long time. And you have Tony Vitello and Tennessee to thank for that because Vanderbilt's been holding up their end for a pretty good while. But um I think baseball America has Vanderbilt ranked sixth this week and has Tennessee 5th, which I'm sure Tim Corbin is thanking them for that. But um, 6 o'clock Friday, 3 o'clock Saturday, and 12 noon on Sunday, all central times. Um, The Friday game is on ESPNU. The Saturday game is on the SEC Network, and Sundays will be on the SEC Network Plus. And I think I know where I'm going to be. At those appointed times for all three of those, this is going to be a lot of fun.
4: Oh, it, it is, and, and this series, even when Vanderbilt has had dominating teams, and Tennessee has just been, you know, mediocre at best, has been competitive. I, I think that's probably a case where you got a lot of kids who grew up here and, and want to have the shot to play Vanderbilt. You're going to get a team's best shot, and if you're Vanderbilt, you've been getting another team's best shot for years. But I think, especially if you're Tennessee, it means a lot. But, yeah, I mean, the rankings that you threw out there, I think B.A. is, is the low man on both those teams. I, I don't think that I can justify having either one outside the top five at this point. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's going to be a dandy of a series. I, I'm sure you've seen ticket prices are heard. I think tickets are going for, for maybe 250 or more for mm-hmm. single games. At least that's what's being asked uh, online. I haven't seen what they're selling for. But, I, look, I'll put it this way. I, I'm doing my second talk show in Knoxville in a couple hours uh, about baseball this week. Uh, That'll be the first and second ones I've ever done in Knoxville in 18 years of this. Uh, So that tells you a lot about the excitement level for this series.
1: Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chris Lee of VandySports.com. I'm thinking, Chris, that there may be nobody more ready to get back on the field than Kumar Rocker this weekend?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, that kid's a competitor. Look, Georgia, shout out to those guys because they hit him, and they hit three palms off him. And sometimes with Kumar, he's an elite college pitcher. He's one of the best we've ever seen in any era, at any time, any school. But the knock on him sometimes is – and this is the case with Leiter to some degree too. They're not always – there a stuff coming out of the gate and with those guys. Sometimes they struggle to command pitches a little bit. You'll see a hit batter or, or an occasional four pitch walk where it's just not there yet. And Sometimes that happens when you take the hill, you, you know, just the first inning, the stuff's not working. You're not comfortable. And the time to get to him is early. And I thought Tim Corbin said it really well at Wednesday's press conference. He said, you know, it happened so fast. It was like a four-pitch sequence or whatever, and Georgia's got three runs, and they were kind of on him before anybody else was. And and, and sometimes with Kamar, you will see the walks and the hit-by-pitches, but you don't see a bomb off him early. I, I think I would have to think he was a little bit shell-shocked at that, and the team was too. I don't think that's typical. I don't think that's probably something you'll see again. But I have to think, Uh, That kid is a true competitor. I think it'll only just motivate him uh, to pitch a little bit better. I'd be surprised if we see a second straight off game from him in Knoxville.
1: Um, Besides that, you know, looking at this Vanderbilt team, this Vanderbilt team coming into the year, you've got Rocker and you've got Jack Leiter. And I thought that they were one, two in that order in terms of, the draft later this summer it seems that that has kind of reversed um for for whatever reason um Pittsburgh and Texas are the top two teams in the draft order um i think both of them are going to get a great pitcher if they decide to go that way but uh, you know heard a lot of conjecture as to why rocker may not be number 1 and i'm I'm a little concerned. I wonder how much this past start would feed into whatever is being said along those lines. I, I, I It's tough for me to think that folks would put that much stock in one performance. Yeah. But I, I wonder, you know, what the narrative is and how much Friday's game fed into it.
4: Well, I, I can't speak for everybody. But to me, that's missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it in, in being drafted first overall, well, first of all, there's, there's some shenanigans that go on sometimes with teams wanting to save money. And th- that's one thing that with the MLB draft, the one thing I do hate is that, you know, one or two is not always one or two. It's, it's what can I sign a guy at? But I think these kids are both so special. That to me, you can't afford to play that game if you're a franchise. But here's where I'm going with this, okay? Mm-hmm. If if you say who's the best player,
0: I'm going to say 80%
4: of the time, Kumar Rocker in most drafts is that guy. So to me, it's not about Rocker not being one. It's about, frankly, in my opinion, Jack Leiter's best college player I've ever seen, anywhere, anytime. Uh, and that goes back to 04. Now, granted, it is a short sample size, right? He's only thrown not even one full season with everything put together. But I've never seen a kid, uh, with the exception probably of David Price, who when David was was on, there was just nothing you could do about it. But I think the thing to me was sitting by an home plate and watching that South Carolina start and every pitch of it and seeing a kid who's got four other pretty decent pitches who just for whatever reason at day those weren't working for him. So he just says, okay, fine. I'm going to throw mostly my fastball, and I know you're a fastball-hitting team, but I'm going to make you beat me. And he did. Yeah. I mean, he struck out. I, I know the last 16 of the 17 strikeouts were on the fastball. I think the first one was two, and it just didn't happen to record it. When you're throwing 97 on pitch 124, and that, and that's the stadium gun, but even if it's off three miles an hour, <laughs> that's 94 with pitch 124, right? Um, and, and that's a team knowing – that it's working and it's coming and it's still swinging and missing you know the ball by three or four inches every time. To me, any discussion of rocker slipping, I think it's kind of misguided because I don't think that's the issue. I just think this is one of those cases where I wonder if by the time we get to the draft, if folks are saying what they were saying about Mark Pryor 20 years ago, that this guy is the top college pitcher that we've ever seen. And, and to me, uh, it's doing a disservice to Kumar Rocker if we're looking at this backwards and saying, "Well, he's dropped." No, I, I just think this is a case where you're seeing one of the most polished, you know, twenty-year-old pitchers or whatever he is that, that we've ever seen. I mean, we don't—we just don't see this much. I mean, you can maybe go back to, to Doc Gooden when, when he came up with the Mets and, and dominated at, at just a crazy level. But what you're seeing with Jack White or it's just not something you see and to me this whole thing is more about lighter than it is about rocker
1: that's that's an interesting um thought process there chris and and i, I can't disagree with it it's not so much about rocker slipping as it is about lighter developing and and exploding i guess even to some degree um saw graphic during one of the Vandy games. Maybe it was that South Carolina series. There have been three other college teams that have had two of the top five picks, I think, um, in an MLB draft. The 78 Arizona state team had Bob Horner go one and Hubie Brooks go three. Um, Clemson 96 had Chris Benson go one and Billy Koch at number four. um, Rice in '04 had Philip uh, Humber at three and Jeff Neiman at four, and in 2011 UCLA had Garrett Cole one and Trevor Bauer at three. Nobody's ever had one two.
0: Yeah, and
4: and I think Rice actually had a third starter that went around six or seven, if That's I'm correct. correct. And, and and none of those guys I don't think ever really made it. I mean, they might have they might have pitched a few innings in the digs, but they never established themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I, I'd sure love to see it. I think that if – this is why I hate the games. Like, I, I didn't think back in the 2020 draft, Austin Martin to me should have been one or two. Most people would have said Torkelson. To me, Martin was clearly better than Heston Kurstad of Arkansas. Not to knock that kid, but I, I would bet money that, that Austin Martin has a better career mm-hmm. than Kurstad does. But they, they took Kurstad too, to did the Orioles, I think so they could save money and, and, and sign later down the draft. And I hated that for Austin because I think um, you know, you're know, you going to look back and, and you're going to say, well, five teams passed on him. And I don't think that's really the whole story. But I, I think it would be great to see it this year if those kids would one or two. It would be a great story for college baseball. It would be a great story for Vanderbilt. Now, the funny thing is Jordan Lawler is that other guy that's up there in that discussion. He's a fanny commitment. He's a shortstop. I don't think he's obviously going to come to campus, but that that's the other interesting little part of, of this year's draft at the top is that the guy that could spoil the party is a guy who's committed to Vandy, too. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> that's great. Hey, we're here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Chris, really appreciate you coming on with us. We have got to get out of here, but um, thank you so much. Really enjoy your insight. Yeah. I look forward to catching hey, Chris, up with thank,
3: you. Hey, Chris, thanks for those kind words, too, buddy. Good to hear from you.
4: Yeah, Joe. Good, good to talk to you. Wish you the best, and uh, it's always fun to come on with you guys. So thanks so much.
1: Thank you. That was Chris Lee with VandySports.com. This is Maurice Patton with Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Um, Joe, it's been enjoyable. Oh, I enjoyed it, man. Man, um, hope we can get you back in here again. Love to. If and I
3: find my car. We'll be good.
1: Well, we'll see about that after the show. Thank you. Hey. If you're out there listening, um, you can catch the podcast if you missed anything. Thank you to our listeners down in Franklin County on WZYX, the Eagle. We will be back here with you at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports.